Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Hoosier Football Tailgate. It's Thursday, November the 2nd, as we enter into the final couple of months before the new year. It's hard to believe that we are in November already, but the best thing about it is we're still playing football, and that makes everybody happy. I want to thank uh, Bet Online for sponsoring this show today here on the Believe Network. Remember, the last of the major pro sport leagues are is off and rolling. College basketball is right around the corner. Bet online remains the top spot for all your live betting action and contest. NFL college UFC and the NHL are all in full swing and bet online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips with desktop and mobile access at any time. Head on over to Believe today. I'm sorry, head on over to Bet Online today and remember to use the promo code Believe, B E B L E A V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember, Bet Online is where the game starts. Well, we got that out of the way. Again, welcome to Hoosier Football, Hoosier Football Tailgate. I am the coach, Shannon Griffith. And today we've got the Wisconsin Badgers coming into Memorial Stadium this Saturday at noon, another noon kickoff, and televised by uh, the Big Ten uh, TV network. You can pick up the game if you cannot be in attendance. But the Wisconsin Badgers. Badgers are coming into Bloomington this weekend after a loss to the Ohio State Buckeyes this previous Saturday, and uh, we'll get a chance to show some of that here in a second. But uh, you know, um, Wisconsin lost that ball game twenty-four to ten. That was at Wisconsin. Uh, again, the Buckeyes were able to do just enough to get by Wisconsin and remain a top. Uh, of uh, the Big Ten alongside Michigan. And as we head on down here to the end of the year, uh, things are getting a little bit more interesting in the Big Ten as we all have followed of lately the big issues with Michigan and the the possibility that Michigan has been uh, utilizing uh a gentleman, gentleman by the name of Connor Stallings, who was a part of their staff, a paid member of their staff, supposedly or allegedly was going and uh, hiring people to go to different opponent stadiums and film the individuals that are doing the sign signaling of plays, both offensively and defensively, and therefore having that available and synced up to video and giving them a huge advantage. If that is the case and that all plays out to be true, this is all alleged. This is nothing but uh, right now uh, hearsay and rumor, but it appears that that is what is has occurred. Now, clarification on a couple of things in my years in college football. It is not wrong 
or unethical to steal the opponent's signs of the team that you're playing during game play. And that's the key component. During game play. It is not kosher in the rule book to send somebody to an opposing stadium for the purpose of filming a individual of the opposing team uh, in order to gain the advantage uh, prior to playing them. That in itself is a uh, violation of NCAA bylaws. It's also unethical. It's also uh, could be classified as cheating to a degree. As a former coach, I would be totally against the practice. They banned off-campus recruiting back in the late 90s as a cost-cutting measure. And there was no more off-campus scouting because that's what the grad assistants used to do uh, back in the day is they would go to the opposing team's next game while the uh, the team that you were a GA for was going to play another opponent. But that was all eliminated back in the uh, late 90s due to cost-cutting. Uh, measures. Now, as far as violations for the NCAA is concerned, I'm not quite sure what in the bylaw uh, it states and what type of uh, possible quote-unquote level of violation it is. I've seen many different rumors in and around uh, the world of social media, everything from 11.3, 11.2, whatever. Uh, but as you know, and I know with the NCAA, nothing is going to be wrapped up or completed prior to the end of the season. And even if they did come to some type of conclusion with the NCAA, the school itself has a 90 day period to which they are allowed to respond. And therefore, in that category, they would not have this concluded by the end of this football season um, at all because of how the investigative measures work with the NCAA. The Big Ten, however, could could uh, step in as the league because they also have bylaws as it retains to sportsmanship and ethical practices and do something to the to Michigan as it pertains to uh, maybe playing for the championship, the Big Ten championship, and you know eliminating them from that category specifically. As far as the college football playoffs go, that would be a different level of of uh, discussion but right now everything is alleged it is not proven nor is it in the realm of possibility that anything right now will be done to michigan uh it could impact other teams in the event that they would vacate any wins of this season to teams that michigan played specifically indiana being one of them um but As of right now, that's pure speculation. 
I have no other information to pass along. Um, Michigan does have quite a few of issues, not only with this, but the FBI coming on campus to investigate uh, cyber crimes as it pertains to the offensive coordinator that they had previously fired there in Ann Arbor. Uh, because of computer crime issues and some other issues that have arisen uh, by uh, that investigation. Um, So there is a multitude of scenarios at Michigan right now uh, as it, as it pertains to their football program and how it may or may not impact the Wolverines for the rest of the year. But enough about the Wolverines. Let's talk Hoosier football, because like I said, Saturday noon, in Bloomington, you've got the Wisconsin Badgers coming in to play the Michigan Wolverines. And right now, Michigan, uh, the uh, Michigan Wolverines, the Wisconsin Badgers coming in and playing uh, Indiana. Right now, Wisconsin's five and three overall, three and two in the Big Ten. IU presently two and six, zero oh and five after that. Somewhat disappointing loss to Penn State where there was a lot of opportunities in that game, uh, potentially for the Hoosiers to gain uh, uh, the opportunity to potentially either win that ball game or at least at the bare minimum send it to overtime. But as you know, this is Thursday. We sit and break down the Wisconsin Badgers overall. We will get to the Griff Coaches film room to look at Wisconsin uh, from this year. Um, we're going to do a little bit of statistical analysis here in a second, but they do have a couple of uh, possible injuries on their team right now. The tailback, uh, who is a very, very good player, Allen, uh, the 6'2", 245-pound junior, averaging about six yards of carries. He went out of the uh, the game against Ohio State with an apparent injury to his ankle as did the uh, Dyke kid, the wide receiver. Uh, he's a 6'1", 200-pound uh, senior. They lost their starting quarterback a couple of starts ago, and filling in now is the lock kid from the transfer from Mississippi State. We'll talk a little bit about him. Defensively, Mike Tressel again has a you know and a nice aggressive defense, and a lot of what the Hoosiers will face will be similar to what they faced at against Cincinnati a couple of years ago, uh, when a lot of this staff was a part of the Bearcat staff that faced Indiana, Trestle being one of them. The new faces that are in uh, the offensive component of things is Phil Longo, the offensive coordinator. He, uh, Luke Fickle, went to North Carolina and pulled him away. And uh, Phil is more of a spread uh, air raid type of uh, offensive coordinator. Now, his offense has not been in, uh, I would say, as productive as he would like it. And right now they're struggling with some injuries and some ineffectiveness at the quarterback play. They lost their number one quarterback uh, early in the year, and that has hurt their offense. And uh, so the Badgers come in while doing well overall and one win away from bull eligibility. That's going to be the key component for them coming in to Bloomington mindset wise is they're coming here to get themselves bull eligible under the first year uh, tutelage of Luke 
uh, fickle. So they will have some motivation come Saturday coming into Bloomington when it pertains to that and everything that may affect them or impact them in the West because there's a little bit of disarray in the West division race right now. But we'll get to that here in a second. We'll also get to um, – the coach's film room, like I said, do me a quick favor. If you can, please like and uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, that would be greatly appreciative. And it will also help us along the way, as well as on Apple and Spotify. Please help us in that regard as well. Rate us, give us a comment, let us know uh, thoughts and uh, issues that you may have with the Hoosiers or thoughts on maybe the Hoosiers' last four games of the year. Because as we go through here the last few weeks, Indiana needs four wins to get themselves to that magical number of six. And they play, I think, winnable ball games. You have Wisconsin in there. Uh, you got Illinois in there, Michigan State, and then, of course, the bucket game with Purdue. And all of four of those, I believe, are winnable ball games. So let's take a little further look at Wisconsin. Let's look at the breakdowns of all of this and uh, see what we can find out about the Badgers and how they relate to the Indiana Hoosiers. As you can see right here, uh, offensively, the Hoosiers right now, 18.63 points a game, 19 points. I think the biggest thing is 316 total yards of offense, and they're giving up about 342 turnover margin. I use a minus five. Wisconsin is a plus one. Then when you switch it to the defense, Hoosiers giving up about 30 points a game as Wisconsin is about 25. Uh, then you look down here, 42% on third down, which is pretty decent. I use defense has not been very good on fourth downs. When you look at some of these players that, uh, Wisconsin has. We've talked about Alan Ackers, the kid that has come in and done quite well. Locke is the quarterback. Uh, Will Pauling, the slot. He's a really good ball player, does a lot of things. And then Dykes, the other one that I believe can have a, a tremendous amount of effect on uh, against Indiana in this ball game coming up. Um, as I want to try to go back to that specific slide there and let's see if it'll let me. Not sure it will, but we're going to try so we can go over some more of these players again. Uh, let's see here. Well, let's do this. Let's go and come back. Let's see if that helps. Yeah, let's do that. Um, but the wide receiver position for them is pretty good. Um with that uh, slot position. Um, Dyke is a kid that has a leg injury as well. Green is another good wide receiver. And um, the other uh, wide out uh, for them that's done pretty well is the um, 
Anthony Kidd is also another slot receiver that is the number two guy behind uh, Pauling on on defense. The biggest guy over there for them is their safety, Hunter Wohler, number 24, 6'2", 211 pounds. I believe he's their leading interception uh, getter for them as they've gotten about 10 picks this year. They were leading the Big Ten in that. And then um, the other guy that worked, that's tandem along him is the Preston Zachman. He's another one that has done quite well. C.J. Getz is an outside linebacker, number 98. Pretty evident in his... um, uh, sack ratio and tackles for loss. And then their big uh, defensive lineman that has caused some havoc is their defensive end, James Thomas, number nine. He's a 6'5, 288 red shirt junior for uh, Wisconsin. And they've done some portal stuff and things like that along the way. And, uh, you know, that's one of the big things for them as they try to fit some pieces since it was a little late that Fickle got started at Wisconsin after he took Cincinnati through the postseason. Looking at where I think the Hoosiers have to be on Saturday as some things that I think will be ultimately the keys to victory for Indiana. The offense has got to continue to grow with uh, Soresby as the quarterback rushing I believe 150 yards should be a a legitimate goal for Indiana with Wisconsin giving up 142 passing yards 250 that uh, uh, would be another good day of production especially with uh, EJ Williams back and they showed the ability to get some chunk plays on Saturday at Penn State Penn State secondary for the most part at corners better than what IU will probably face on Saturday. And uh, we there should be some possible advantages, maybe height-wise and speed-wise. But again, they have to continue to get those chunk plays and schedule uh, in and write in certain situations to take a shot. But 250 yards of uh, passing offense, that would be a good day offensively for the Hoosiers. And then for the defense, hold the uh, – Wisconsin to under their uh, under their average of 169 about 150 that has been an area up front for them at, at Wisconsin they're okay um I don't necessarily think they're the the typical Wisconsin offensive line that can really uh pound you into s- submission um in that regard passing wise uh, hold them to under their average of 200 yards a game. The kid that's taken over for them at quarterback right now, he's only completing about 50% of their his passes, uh, lock is, and it's one of those situations. This will be his third start coming up. So a little bit like Soresby in some respects in terms of where he's at in terms of playing the position. But if Indiana can hold him to about 175 yards, that would be an ideal day for the Hoosiers. I believe their defense is darn good. Uh, It's good when they're uh, doing the things that they're capable of doing and not trying to do too much. And I think that was pretty evident Saturday against Penn State. Offense try to score 24 points. They're uh, the Buckeyes are given up only 19 on average, and then hold the defense to hold um, 
Wisconsin just to 17 points where they're averaging 24 on on the year. So there's a lot of possibilities here with some of these ideal goals that I have kind of put put down on paper in terms of what I believe Indiana is capable of. And then the big two at the bottom there must win the special teams battle. No TOs on special teams or big chunks of plays uh, in the kick in the return game uh the dime kid is also a returner if he's hurting out that won't that'll be a good thing for the hoosiers he took one back on ohio state for about 40 or 50 yards and so he can flip the field position with his speed especially if you outkick your coverage and then the final thing there is they have to win the turnover battle on saturday right now i use a minus one wisconsin's a plus five they've been very good with um their um ball security and such uh, in some respects. But the biggest thing is Wisconsin's put it on the turf about 12 times this year. So they are susceptible uh, to turning the football over, not just through the air, but on the ground, where Wisconsin's defense has been very good at takeaways on the passing game as they have, I believe, 10 interceptions on the year so they i believe they lead the big 10 in that category of takeover so as you can see these are these are all goals that i believe indiana is fully capable of achieving on saturday it's going to take another great effort and and duplicate what they did effort wise at Penn State, um, but they're going to have to do it at home uh, against a Wisconsin Badger team that I think is good, um, but definitely not as good as Penn State was uh, the previous week. Now, they did beat Rutgers earlier in the year. If you're looking for some comparables, Ohio State 24 to 10, Rutgers they beat 24 to 13. And then earlier, prior to the Rutgers games, they did beat Purdue 38 to 17. Now, we haven't had the opportunity to play Purdue yet, but if you look at the two most recent comparables, Ohio State and Rutgers, they're one and one. And uh, so that kind of gives you a little bit of an idea of what Indiana may have to do Saturday in terms of the ability to try to get a W against Wisconsin. And, you know, I think their defense is solid. I don't necessarily say it's overly great, but at the end of the day, it still comes down to scoring points. So, uh, the Hoosiers are going to have to have to do that in that regard. And let's see here if I can get back to this screen. And let's come in here and say we want to add screen share. I think that's what I do. Let's see if we can do this. Well, I'm not sure that's what I wanted to do there. Let's go back here. Well.
so I can be a part of the show here. Maybe do some things down here as it pertains to. Well, maybe I won't. Technology when it doesn't want to cooperate. That's the problem. All right, let's see what we get here with this show on the road. As we look at Wisconsin and and Ohio State from Saturday, big game Saturday night, here is a offensive run formation for Wisconsin. As you can see here, they like to uh, utilize a lot of wing sets with their tight end and uh, three receivers. So this would be called 12 personnel or 11 personnel, one tailback, one tight end, and then you got the three receivers. Ohio State did a good job of pressuring them on Saturday. That created some turnovers and such. This was, I believe, yeah, that was one of them where they got a nice strip and on the first down they cough the ball up. So as you can see, uh, they can turn it over. Here's another set that they like to do in their 11 personnel. Again, this is a tight end right there. Um, this gives them the best possibility of, you know, dictating to the defense that they can do a lot of different formations from this personnel grouping, which in some cases may cause some problems for the defense because it may change if they got four or five wides in the situation. But uh, a little bit of motion and a kind of a wham concept that they're trying to run here. It's kind of like an ISO situation where they're going to, they're going to block, um, pull a guy to trap. And then uh, the fullback is going, the tight end is going to fold through on the inside backers. You can see there, it's a good play, but Ohio state again, gets another turnover on the play. So that's the second time they've put something on the ground. So as you can see Saturday with Ohio state, they did a lot of great things in terms of getting strips uh, on the uh, Badgers in that regard. All right, here's the biggest thing with uh, Wisconsin. They label themselves a 3-5 defense or 3-4, however you want to put it. Um, again, two D-line, two stand-up guys. So this is more like of a 4-2. A, a I call it an overfront. So this guy's in a one technique, three technique, wide nine, and then here from the looks of it it looks like they're going to play some man free and rotate this guy this guy into kind of a deep third concept see what it does yep see they're they're going to a cover three they're showing you kind of an 11 what i call 11 coverage where you think it's going to be man here and then these guys bail bail and flat flat hook, curl, hook, curl type of scenarios uh, on that. And uh, they had some big hits here. This is one from McCord to hitting Harrison on the fly route, kind of like how they hit uh, um, Carter against Penn State on that uh, inside fly route 
uh, on Saturday where they get uh, Harrison Jr. Good ball here and big chunk play, get a few yards on it. And uh, again, they're able to move the ball down the field. Now, Kyle McCord did not play great Saturday. First half, he wasn't very good at all um, in that regard. Um, They will, Wisconsin, in times, they'll play what some people call a tight 50 because these guys right here, um, the two defensive tackles, this guy and this guy, are in a four-eye, which is in the inside eye of the – tackles there some may say well that's more of a bear front however you want to put it but in this case you're probably going to see more man coverage in this regard um and this is just a just an awful throw so when you think that you got a quarterback that's not very good at times this this throw right here i have no idea why he's throwing it you know, this is a guy with the number three, four ranked team in the country, and he's just throwing it between three guys. And again, that's their forte. They like to get the turnovers, 10 interceptions on the year, as you can see. Same thing again here, a little bit of uh, bear or tight situation here. Definitely some type of man. You know, these guys are all locked up locked up this guy's taken by him and then they got a safety back here and then you're going to get some edge pressure let's see if they continue in it or they bail kind of do some type of zone blitz concept but it's more man than anything this guy is this uh defensive end here he's kind of rotating and kind of becomes kind of a robber they're running a mesh route where you're going to get cross there, cross there, and the guy kind of gets picked off and they hit Marvin Harrison on a junior on a, on a touchdown. Um, some people like to call that a pick play. It wasn't really a pick play. So uh, Ohio State there was able to get that. Okay, again, kind of getting some of that uh, man coverage look, you know, in that regard, you got, you know, corner up, safety on the playing the outside here on this one, but they're going to bring a crash from the boundary. So that's something that uh, you saw against Ohio's or not Ohio State, but uh, Penn State. And then they hit Devin in the hole here. But this safety, you can see he's in a better position to cover that actual um, uh, play there. Um, so it won't be as open as it was like it was against Penn State. Again, Good drop back pass protection. And again, he's trying to fit this in a hole in a kind of a cover three zone. And it's 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 first and 15. Just drop it to this cat, dude. And uh, again, if you force balls against Wisconsin, they are really good enough in that secondary to make plays and get takeaways. So that's one thing Sorsby is going to have to be very aware of on Saturday is, you know, making sure that he's going through his proper progressions. Okay. little trickeration, but again, like I said, Ohio state did a great job of getting some pressure um, against Wisconsin. And with a young quarterback like that, I think Indiana is going to be doing the same thing too, is getting pressures. Here's the situation. The ball's on the 
one yard line. We got everybody and their brother here, three on three outside. They're going to throw essentially a quick screen. And what happened was this was not a touchdown. His knee ends up hitting here right there. And so they actually lose a yard here. And this ended up being a big play because instead of getting seven, they only got three out of that drive. Here's the ensuing play. And again, Ohio State brings some pressure. They try a shovel pass, and the guy that's pulling trips and falls, and the guy he's supposed to block ends up making the play. So, you know, far from a, you know, juggernaut offensively. Um, so Ohio State did a good job of holding them to three there right before half. Then they get the ball down here in the red zone again. Again, kind of showing like an option type of thing. Now, one thing this kid can do is he does a pretty good job of scrambling. This is kind of a, a scrambled touchdown where he finds a receiver in the back of the end zone. And um, this ends up tying the game up. And I think this was the first drive of the second half. So all of a sudden, Ohio State's in a dogfight. But here they come again. They get their one-on-one -on -one coverage at the top. They're bringing some pressure here they kind of got like a nickel in and they're going to bring that backer and uh drop a defensive in kind of as a zone pressure but they're they are definitely in man coverage and he picks it out gets marvin harrison again nice throw and catch and you know that was the day for wisconsin you know, they gambled a couple times and Ohio State hit them on some big plays. And here's the one that kind of put the, the dagger in them. This is a huge run right here. They're just going to run kind of an outside zone philosophy. He cuts it up inside, stays behind the guard, and he breaks it there for about 40 yards. And that was the one that kind of put the dagger in the heart of Wisconsin. I think I got the end zone of this, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. You can see it here as uh, everything from the end zone aspect of it. You can see a good, you know, actually this guy misses his block. This guy's going to, looks like he's going to make the play, but he does a great job of uh, cutting up inside there and uh, riding the help of the guard, uh, center and guard and breaks about three tackles for a touchdown. And next thing you know, uh Ohio State's got themselves a, a victory on against the Wisconsin Badgers from Madison. So big win there for Ohio State. Kind of a dogfight of a game in a cold, kind of wet day in in uh Wisconsin. But Ohio State, you know, had a couple big plays and got some chunk plays. And then of course the big run there that kind of gave them the victory uh, at the end there um, made the difference in that ball game. And again, IU on Saturday, I, you know, like I said, they're going to have to continue to grow offensively and, you know, ratchet up the production in their run game. You know, they've got some healthy backs now that I think they'll be able to do a little bit more uh, pounding uh, and grind it a little bit on Saturday. And then at 
specific times through the game. Make sure you're taking a shot or two to keep the Wisconsin defense honest, hard play action as well if the run game is working well. And then when it comes to fourth down situations, again, in certain scenarios and certain aspects of the game, uh, fourth down, you're going to have to make a determination if you're going for it or not. And again, I'm more uh, on the philosophical approach and the analytical approach is when you have opportunities on fourth down to stay on the field, you got to take them and try to get the big touchdown or a big uh, uh, continuation of a drive. And remember about limiting the plays for your defense, especially a Wisconsin team who right now is struggling a little bit to run it and throw it as well in a consistent fashion in what they like to do. So uh, I think it's a pretty even matchup to a certain degree. Um, I do believe IU has the a great opportunity here to get themselves a win. And if they can get themselves a win and start building upon that, uh, that's what they got to do. But right now, they can't worry about anything other than Wisconsin on Saturday afternoon. They can't worry about what you know this game is or means as it pertains to the rest of the year. They've got to focus on from what it is right now and, and not get caught up in too many of the uh, other aspects of, of this game. And Soares be on his situation uh, in hopes of – you know, I hope that his shoulder came out okay. Remember, he took that hit against Penn State that kind of had some issues with, and hopefully that didn't tighten up and put him in a position where, you know, his status for Saturday would be uh, up in the air. But he's got to continue to improve and, and, and do the things that he did against Penn State when he has to run it, run it and making uh, correct decisions in the passing game and such. Remember, if you could do me a favor, please like, comment, and subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, on the podcast platforms. You can find the Hoosier Football Tailgate right there as well on the Believe Network and and thanking them for uh, allowing me to be a part of their broadcast and doing this for the Indiana Hoosiers. Um, also, uh, thanks to Bet Online for their for their support as well as the Hoosier football tailgate. Noon o'clock, uh, 12 o'clock kickoff in Memorial Stadium down in Bloomington, Indiana, Wisconsin and Indiana on the Big Ten Network. For now, I'm the coach, Shannon Griffith. This has been the Hoosier football tailgate on the Believe Network. Good night, everybody.